episode three of Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and hey, I'm so glad you're joining us again for this entire season all about relationships. And hey, happy new year to you. I sure hope 2021 is a little bit better than 2020. But really, one thing we do know is that God is sovereign over all the situations that we see in the world. We can trust uh, our faithful, powerful, consistent, unchangeable God, and I'm so thankful for that. Hey, if you have been listening before, you know that each season we do a focus on a different theme. This season's theme is an important one for women. Uh, We're going to actually talk about relationships. I mean, we all have them because, well, we have people in our lives. Sometimes they're great and they bless us so abundantly and we love to hang out with them. And then sometimes they're actually really hard and difficult. And we might actually label those as 2020 friends. Like, you know, I wonder if 2020 now is going to become an adjective to describe something difficult, you know? I just had a 2020 day. Anyway, but the truth is we really will never get rid of people out of our lives. And so really the best thing to do is to learn how to deal with them, how to um, do it in a godly way. So here on Unshaken, we always try to look at topics that are relevant to women and look at what the Bible says. So stay tuned for this season focusing on all kinds of relationships. We have relationships with family members to discuss, friendships, husband-wife relationships, broken relationships, coworkers, neighbors, anything you can think of. We're going to talk about them this whole season, each week on Unshaken. Also, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite, favorite podcast directory like Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. You can even listen to us for free again on Spotify. Um, You can check out our Facebook page called Unshaken Podcast, and you can reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com if you want to send me a private note. I would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes um, and comments that you might have on the past podcast, or maybe how the podcast has encouraged you or challenged you um, in how you're living for Christ. In fact, just recently I got an email from one of our listeners, and here's what she said. Julie, I just listened to the podcast about favorite verses. And so just a side note, that's the one back in season two. It was kind of a bonus episode, and we interviewed some women on their favorite verses. And she said, I praise God. Those verses, each one, really spoke to my heart. I actually plan on memorizing Psalm 34.1. I am praying for this to be true in my life at all times. Thank you for doing these podcasts. So that was such a great encouragement to me. And what I really love about this little note I got is this woman took the verse and she just decided to apply this whole concept in her life. And I think that's actually what we're trying to do with this podcast is encourage you and challenge you as our listeners to grow in Christ and to apply God's word in your everyday life. All right. So this is our first season of episode three. And I wanted to start with something that is a relationship that probably many of us have. Um, It's a relationship that most of us began when we were very young, probably second, third grade, um, and it's probably carried on. And um, it is a relationship that we women have with our beloved books. (laughs) Now, you may be an avid reader and you might read three or four books a month, or you might be more like me, a casual reader, and hit maybe three or four books a year, but you really wish you could read more. I'd love to do that. Or you might be one of our friends who listens to audiobooks. Um, on a consistent basis, while you're doing chores around your house. It didn't really matter how you read necessarily. We just all know books are beneficial. So today I brought on a wonderful guest. I'm so excited. I have my friend Jackie Long here. And she and I are going to talk about books. Isn't this fun? So 
fun. <laughs> All right, so Jackie um, is here with us. She is, I guess I would think sh that you're an avid reader. You're probably someone who reads a lot, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, um, tell me a little bit about you, your husband, your kids, their names, their ages, and like, what do you do for fun? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here today, Julie. This is really fun. Uh, yeah, the Lord has blessed my husband, Jake, and I with two little ones. Elena is an adventurous, fun-loving two-and-a-half-year-old, and then Ezekiel is a very smiley, very <laughs> loud nine-month-old. And let's see, one of our favorite things to do as a family, we love to go up to the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. Jake and I love learning about history. And Elena really loves sheep. So the <laughs> Ford Museum is a win-win all around. Yeah, I love the Henry Ford. That's so fun. Well, I mean, all little people love sheep, don't they? I mean, they don't have to clean up after them, so it's okay. I love the presidential cars there. Yes. So fascinating. Great place to take your family. If you live near Toledo, Ohio, or Detroit, Dearborn, you should take your kids there. Okay, so I want to start off by asking you about your love of books. I know you loved. How, I, just out of curiosity, how many books do you think you even have? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I know. I, I was looking at our bookshelf the other day and just thinking of how you collect books over time. Yeah. And it's like, that's probably like the cost of a, of a car right yeah, there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Wow. You just collect yeah. them over so long. I don't even know. Like lots. A lot of books. We'll just say a, a lot, lot of books. books. <laughs> that sounds good. Would you consider yourself an avid re reader or a more casual reader? Well, I'd say back before Elena was born, I was certainly an avid reader. I'd read probably two or three books at a time. Uh, maybe four, five, six books a month. But since becoming a mom, I'd say I'm more of a casually avid reader. Okay, so I love that. That's a new phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so I love to read books when I have the opportunity, but my pace has certainly slowed down yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you came to love reading, because you do love to read. Yes. Yeah. So how did this happen for you? Ever since I can remember, I've always loved reading. I was the little kid who would get overwhelmed in the library because I couldn't choose oh, which books to read. I right. wanted to read them all. And then in high school, I came to really enjoy reading classic books, especially Jane Austen. Uh. And then for a few years, I reviewed new release books for a couple of Christian publishing houses. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And so I loved getting to read just a wide variety of Christian authors that I never would have invested in, right, with all those books. It's an investment. Yep. I want yeah. to make sure. Okay, so now when you did that, just out of curiosity, yeah. did they send you the book? Did you have to send the book back? Or is no, that also... I got to keep them. That's part so, of why so, I have so many right. books. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't really buy a car. Right. You right. bought a yeah, washing machine it's or like, something. It's like they gave, gave me the car. Right, <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, uh, but I, I loved getting to review. It taught me a lot about wisdom and discernment mm -hmm. in reading. I read a lot of good books and a lot of really not good books. Yeah. Uh, but I was really thankful for that yeah. experience. And we're going to talk about the discernment a little mm -hmm. later, too, because I think that's an important part of reading. And But before we do that, we are actually going to divide our podcast up into some different segments because there is a lot we could talk about with reading. So we are certainly not going to cover everything. We, we'd be here for seven hours <laughs> if we would, could talk for seven hours about it. But I want to start today by telling everybody that all of the books we're going to talk about are going to be listed on their book titles and the authors on our show notes. So you do not have to Go grab a pen or a crayon if that's all you can find <laughs> and a piece of paper. Just listen and then go to our show notes or you can go to our Facebook page and you'll see them all listed out there. That will allow you to just enjoy the podcast and then you can head over to your local library and get a few or maybe buy them from Amazon, whatever. However, that works best for you. Of course, Jackie. I'm going to tell you that the number one book we need to read is the Bible. Mm -hmm. I know that you would agree with me, right? Absolutely. 
And I just wanted to lay that out there to start. This is not to say that we should not read the Bible. This is the number one thing. So if you are a person listening right now and you have 10 minutes a day and the only time to read, then read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay, make that be your number one thing. And if you want some more wisdom on how to go about it, maybe how to understand it, head back to season two, episode one, as we interviewed April Klein about how to read the Bible. She was really helpful. I think she had some really good things to say. But sometimes we have time to read something else. I mean, it's January. We're putting on mm -hmm. our fuzzy socks and our, <laughs> our fuzzy blankets and grabbing our hot beverage, mm -hmm. and we're ready to read. Mm -hmm. So that is perfect for today. Now, we're going to start off by talking about some books that Jackie and I both feel every Christian woman should read. Mm -hmm. We both have a little list that we're going to share and talk a little bit about them. Plus, I asked some for this, I asked some women who listened to our podcast, what were their favorites? And they shared them with me too. So let me tell you about the first one, okay? This came from one of our listeners and she suggested a book that she felt every Christian woman should read. It's called Valley of Vision. And here is what she wrote. She said, about 20 years ago, I was introduced to the richness of the Puritan teachings. While their language seemed a bit foreign initially to me, soon the flow became rhythmic and beautiful to my ears. When I picked up a collection of Puritan prayers compiled in this book called The Valley of Vision, edited by Arthur Bennett, I rejoiced in having words to pray in a fresh way. The book comes with a title from a prayer by the same name where the author lifts up the Lord high and holy as he learns by paradox that the way down is actually the way up, that the broken heart is healed, and that the repenting soul is a victorious soul, and that the valley is the place of vision." So she continues saying, if you are looking for heartfelt prayers that exalt God, I highly recommend this book of prayers. And I guess that's where I want to start because that's what we want. We want our books to edify us and to lead us to grow closer to Christ. So what about you? What are some books that you think every Christian woman should read? Yeah, I have three go-to books. I've read all three of these multiple times. I've recommended them to countless women, and I've seen them to be profitable in other women's lives as well as my own. These books, like you were saying, Julie, they've truly spurred me on mm. and built me up in my walk with Christ over the years. So the first one is You Who by Rachel Jankovic. Oh, I've read that too. Great <laughs> book. Okay, yeah. keep going. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So in You Who, Rachel Jankovic, she compares what the world says gives us identity and worth. Things like what job you have, how many degrees you've earned or haven't earned, how many <laughs> kids you have, I don't know, what your Enneagram number is. Uh, all these things the world mm. tells us are things that make you you. But she compares this with what the Bible says gives us identity and worth, which is Jesus Christ mm. alone. And we're called in the Bible to become like Christ and have the mind of Christ. So we become our truest selves, not when we more fully know our Enneagram and Strength Finders, but right, right. as we are sanctified and become more and more like Christ. Yeah. So you who showed me sin in my life and lies I didn't even realize I was believing about how I often look to things other than Christ for my worth and value. And it's really easy because those, those ideas just kind of slide in. Yeah, they're sneaky. Right. So we don't even realize that we're believing something mm -hmm. that's wrong. So it's good to have books like that. Okay, yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. My second book is A Woman's Wisdom by Lydia Brownback. And this is a book that looks closely at what the book of Proverbs in the Bible says mm. about being a wise woman versus being a foolish woman. Uh. So how does a wise woman use her words? How does she act? What do friendships and relationships of a wise woman look like? And then the flip side of that, of course, being what do these things look like for a foolish woman, yeah. right? And are you a wise or a foolish woman? And if you're living in folly, how do you confess and repent and live a life of biblical wisdom? Sounds like a really practical book. It was very practical. Yeah. And, and with, did it have um, 
Did it have questions or anything that helped you yes. apply it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are. I think those are good books. They're very, very helpful. And they. And how long did it take you to read it? See, that kind of a book would take uh -huh. me like four months because I would have to think, like process it and think, like, oh wow, I have more to think about. I know. Yeah, with a lot of these books, it's kind of a trick question because you could read you who yeah. in one in yes. probably one sitting if you've got a good day, yep. but to really process it is yep. going to take some time. Hence, why you said you've read these multiple times. Yes, exactly. I get it. Okay. All right. What's your other one? So my third book would be The Accidental Feminist by Courtney Reisig, and you could pair this along with Even Exile by Rebecca Merkel. I love them both, and they're kind of in the same vein. Accidental Feminist was actually the first audiobook I'd ever listened to, and I liked it so much I bought the book after I finished oh, listening to wow. it. Uh, but both of these books walk us through how the negative aspects of cultural feminism have snuck into Christianity and distorted our view of biblical womanhood. Yeah. Uh, sneaky as well, right? Yeah. Both of these books also showed me many, many lies I wasn't even aware I was believing. And they share what the Bible says about what it means to be a woman and how to fight the cultural pressures and lies we will face yeah. as we live a life glorifying. And, and again, I think these kind of books are good because they point out where our culture is wrong. Yeah. And we're so seeped in our culture. Mm -hmm. So we have to be reading and be aware Mm -hmm. That's like the first step. So that's really, really good. I um, actually have a book that I think every woman should read. And this has been a book I had on my shelf for years. Um, and it's um, called, it's R.C. Sproul's Essential Truths of the Christian Faith. Now, it's not a novel and it's not ap super applicable in the everyday. Mm -hmm. But what I love about it is it is a book that focuses on um, basic tenets of the Christian faith in a really very plain language. Like, um, one of them is number 22 is the will of God and number 67 is faith and works. Mm -hmm. They're like a page and a half. They point out scripture on this particular doctrine, which is just truth mm -hmm. out of the Bible <laughs> and how you, how you can look at that and how the world looks at it and how we should look at it as believers. And it's really a good book. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the will of God. Yeah. Like, how do I know that? Right. Or what do I do with faith and works? Do I have to serve? Do I have to go do things? And what about my faith? And I mean, they're just really good, but they're mm -hmm. short. In fact, we're going to talk about this later too. But in fact, one of my resolutions since it's January, mm -hmm. now I wouldn't say resolutions. Let's just say goals. One of my <laughs> goals is to read the entire book. Oh, wow. So I have pulled it off my shelf multiple times to look up something, mm -hmm. but I decided since there's a hundred, I should read one a week. Now that's, I know it's going to go beyond a year. No. Yeah, there's 52 weeks in a year. My math skills are not great. I love to read, but that's okay. Um, so it might take me two years to get through it. However, slow and I steady. do, right, slow and steady. And I thought it'd be good to know these. So that's my goal for this mm -hmm. year, one of my yeah. goals. So I think it's good. And I think it's good for women to think about some of these things that we normally would not be thinking mm -hmm. about. You know, we just either take them for granted or maybe we don't even really know they're out there. Yeah. So that's really good. All right, let's jump into some book genres, some different types of books. And um, you know my favorite type of book. If you've been listening for a while, you know my favorite type of book ever are biographies. So I have to start with biographies yeah, because it's my favorite. So do you have any biographies that you love? I do. I'm glad you asked me first because I'm going to steal what I know is one of your favorites. Oh, no! Which is The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Uh, th so there are very few books that have actually moved me to tears, but mm. this book holds that honor. Yeah. Uh, so Corey Ten Boom, as you know, Julie, since this is one of your favorite books, yep. and you are actually one of the reasons I decided to read it. Um, Corey Ten Boom and her family were taken into concentration camps during World War II mm. after hiding dozens of Jewish individuals in their home from the Nazis. And so she wrote this 
book to share her story. And it's a convicting, powerful testimony mm. to what it looks like to truly live your faith. Yeah, you know, we, we say we believe in a sovereign God, but Corey Ten Boom's story caused me to really think if I would show <laughs> the same faith and forgiveness and generosity if I had been in her situation. And her testimony has certainly spurred me on in pursuing a biblical life of integrity, compassion, and forgiveness. Yeah, you know how you said earlier that the other books you read multiple times. Mm -hmm. This is one of the books I've read. I think I've read it four times. Yeah. And it, it kind of hit me at different seasons in my life because I remember reading it when I was in college and I was faced with some challenges. I mean, I was on a traditional college campus, but I was faced with stuff there and I thought, and then I was also hearing history mm -hmm. too. So it's cool that it blended in with that. But it's really interesting to read it at different phases. That challenged me to be bold for my, in my mm -hmm. faith. But then later on, as I read it later on as a mom, when I had children, like, wow, that changed my view of the things she went through. And what would I do if I, as a mom, was in that spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the benefit of biographies, too. Yeah. We can relate at different seasons in our life. So you, you said a couple. So do you have another one? Yes, I have one more, and it's called George Whitfield by Arnold Dallimore. Now, okay, I'm not actually sure how to say okay. that last name, <laughs> if it's Dallimore. It's funny because sometimes, you know, when you're reading a book and you'll read words and in your mind you know how to say them and then you try to say them yeah. out loud and you realize you actually don't know how yes. to pronounce so yes. <laughs> we'll And we'll have it. them all in our, in our show notes. <laughs> it's perfect. So you don't even have to know how to spell it. You can it's just get great. it from there. Right. Right. Just copy-paste. All right, so this is a hefty two-volume biography. Oh, my. And I'll be honest, I'm still working my way through volume one, but I've loved it a lot, and that's why I'm sharing it. So our son, Ezekiel, was born last April, and we gave him the middle name of Whitfield after George Whitfield, cool. who saw great revival in the mm -hmm. 18th century. And so Arnold Dallimore uses so many of Whitfield's actual journal and diary entries to share his story and paints a picture of this incredible man of faith and how, though he was far from perfect, he pursued God with a fierce passion and the Lord blessed him tremendously mm. in his ministry. And actually, this was interesting. Whitfield was known for his ability to project his voice to share the gospel with thousands of people yeah. and not even use a microphone. That's crazy. Which, yeah, which also might explain why our baby Ezekiel Whitfield <laughs> has such a loud voice for a baby. <laughs> he really comes by his <laughs> he name. Does, he right, does. naturally. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, so yeah, Jackie, I agree with you. Those sound like fabulous books, and I am a huge fan of Cory Ten Boom. So. But another biography that I love is Through the Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot, which is a story. It's actually by her, so it's her autobiography, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. She's telling her story of her life um, with her husband, Jim Elliot, um, as they went down to the down to Ecuador and how they took care and shared the gospel with, yeah. with the Alka Indians. And her husband ended up dying at their hand of their spears. And so what an amazing story, how she went back into that tribe and in order to share the gospel, she didn't stop. She wasn't fearful. She just went right back in there trusting God. And that is just this story. She has so many more books. And I also picked up recently a book that I love and it's called Becoming Elizabeth Elliot. And the reason I like this book is it's, it's her story again, but it's her journals. Just right. like you talked about yeah. the book you read, having personal journals and stories and, you know, personal accounts from the actual person. This is hers. Hers has that in there, too. And I really have been blessed by how she writes. Um, one of the things that's interesting is since she read a lot of the King James Version Bible, she adds mm -hmm. a lot of these and thous because she grew up in that way, which makes me have to really read and think. No, that's neat. I should but, start doing that. Yeah, yeah, right, in your, in your writing. Yeah. But um, anyway, I just think they're both really fabulous books. And she's a great example to us as Christian women of how to live your life mm -hmm. to serve God, no matter where you're at. Okay, one of our readers also shared a book 
sort of a biography, but maybe not a biography, more like a history of America. Actually, she gave us three, so I'm going to share with you her book review about three books, The Light and the Glory, From Sea to Shining Sea, Sounding Forth the Trumpet by Peter Marshall and David Manuel. So here's what our listener wrote. I am a nonfiction reader. I like fiction, but history, biography, and such is much more my style. I totally appreciate this woman. Let me just tell you right now, starting there. Um, I am not a fiction girl. I I mean, those of you who love fiction, go ahead and read it, but it is not my favorite. So she says the author document documents, the authors document through careful research that the amazing evidence of God's hand in the founding and growth of our nation. I read these books in the 90s while living in New England and was fascinated that I was living in an area where much of the light and the glory took place. At the time, though our home was in Providence, Rhode Island, I had not really heard of the providence of God or of his sovereignty. These were foreign concepts to me, but I was hungry to know about them. Marshall and Manuel do not applaud the greatness of America, but the greatness of our God who directs the affairs of men. They do not shy away from pointing out that when we fail to acknowledge and live our lives in humble obedience to God and his word, dire consequences are results. We have much to be thankful for, and America has become a great nation only because of God's great mercy. I, um, she also adds a note. She said, these books are definitely not politically correct, even in some of the Christian communities these days, because of the concepts behind, mm-hmm. I think, of the sovereignty of God in sure. his hand. But I encourage you to read them, to strengthen your faith, and see that God is not just watching from a distance, but is intimately involved in the affairs of men. I agree with her on that. I think... That is one thing I love about biographies because when we read them, we see God's hand, Mm -hmm. his clear direction and hand in places we would never see it. And I I just love to see that. Okay, so uh, let's talk about something else. Are you ready for a different topic? Okay, Um, let's talk a little bit about doctrinal type books. Now I brought up the book that I'm purposing this year, next two years to read, right? (laughs) Um, About called... uh, the essential truths, 100 essential truths of the Christian faith. But um, I know you probably have some books that have spurred you on in your walk with Christ doctrinally, like Mm -hmm. doctrine meaning truth, things Mm -hmm. that we believe, like our foundation. Like if you build a house, you have to start with the foundation. So these are like our foundational books. Okay, so what are some of the things that that you would recommend to women listening? Mm. Yeah, a couple of books that I have found very helpful in the genre of doctrine uh, let's see. There are a lot. Um, yes, there are. <laughs> well, I'll, we'll start with these. Okay, so a systematic theology book. Um, my husband and I have two. We have one by John Frame and one by Wayne Grudem. They're really big books, but they're helpful. I mean, they're giant. They, they're like 800 pages. Oh, so wow. they, they aren't ones you're going to read from cover to cover right. unless you have a lot of time. Then by all means, go for it. Get your fuzzy socks and, yeah, I guess so, and but... a big pot of coffee. But I <laughs> found these systematic theology books helpful more for reference on yeah. specific biblical topics. So for example, what does the Bible say about the attributes of God, Jesus, yeah. the Trinity, baptism, heaven? So for understanding specific topics, I've found these to be great to have yeah. on hand. And are these available online, I wonder? Yes. Because sometimes having physically having them is harder, oh, but being able to access them is great mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. What else you got? Because I know you are a girl who loves to read. So. Yes. <laughs> the next one, I, I kind of paired these together. Grace of Shame and Church Reformed by Tim Bailey. Now, these aren't on the same topic, but they are by the same author. Okay. So I just grouped them together because and I he really... Has 
tons of yes, books. Yes, so, he does. Yeah, these are two of my two of my favorite, and that's why I grouped them together. I read them both in just a few days after Ezekiel was born, and I was sitting all the time to feed yeah. him every two hours, and I couldn't put them down, so I literally read them both in a week. Uh, Grace of Shame is a fantastic book about the inerrancy of scripture and power of words mm. and what the Bible has to say about homosexuality and loving the homosexual community. Mm. And Church Reformed is a great book about what church is in different aspects of the church. And your husband works in ministry. Yes. So this is, and you know, this is important. I mean, this is important for all of us to understand the church, for example. Mm -hmm. But that was probably helpful to you as you are going to be a pastor's wife. Yes. Which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. But it's good to be aware mm -hmm. and have some, some foundation. Yeah. Those are great. Okay, anything else? Two more books. Uh, How to Be Free from Bitterness by Jim Wilson. Oh, that's a great book. <laughs> and Respectable Sins oh. by <laughs> Bridges. Those are both <laughs> fabulous. I know. Yes. I couldn't decide which one, so I picked both good. of them. Good. I'm glad you did. Okay, these, tell us what you think. These books are somewhat similar, which is why I grouped them yeah. together. But I would still recommend reading each of them. Yeah. They both look at what the Word says about different sins that are actually really common in our lives, but we often try to justify or so we don't struggle with them. Mm -hmm. Things like bitterness, anger, disobeying yep. parents, anxiety, ungodliness. These yeah. are certainly not light, fluffy books that will no. make you feel good. Uh, they're convicting and they are biblical and helpful. Both. Yeah, they're all, I'm sorry, they're right. also books you have to read in yes. little chunks because they're convicting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so when you pull out How to Be Free from Bitterness, and it's, it looks itty-bitty. Oh, it's like yeah. 80 pages, and you're like, yeah. I could read this in a sitting. Yeah. And you read the first chapter, and it's like, no, I need yep. to sit and process and yeah. pray. You might and need to reread that first life. chapter <laughs> yeah. a few times. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, both Jim Wilson and Jerry Bridges call the reader to identify sin mm. in our lives and to yeah. repent and walk in the way God's called us to. And that's important, right? With these books, and really any Christian book, you can't simply read them and take the information and leave yeah. it in our brains. We have right. to be applying what we read and learn into our daily lives and use these books to point us back to God. Yeah, and, and that's really what why this whole podcast is here mm -hmm. today, this episode, I should say, because that's something that we can do. Like, yeah. we had a quarantine, uh, COVID-19 hit in March and mm -hmm. of 2020, and we were stuck home. Yeah. And for many women, they were stuck and you know, we needed some things to do and this mm -hmm. is good so we can be prepared. Hopefully that never happens again. Mm -hmm. But there are times we have to be down and out and let's use this time for whatever it is to read good books. Mm -hmm. And so this is a good, those are excellent choices. Excellent choices. In fact, Respectable Sins is one of those books that is, um, has been really a motivator to me mm -hmm. because many times I didn't even see the sins he was talking about as being sin in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying I liked that, right? but but it's good. Mm -hmm. And the, the how to be free from bitterness, I mean, I hardly made it through the first chapter without mm -hmm. underlining everything. I know. The whole first chapter. It's okay, just all so. yellow. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so another book that I think is really helpful to women is called uh, Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. And it's, I've been reading my Bible since I was probably 10 because mm -hmm. I grew up in a home where that was just important. And maybe that's not you if you're you know, listening today and that's not you. This is a good book for anybody, though, because mm -hmm. I learned a lot as I read it. She talks about the different ways to look at reading. And she talks in this book about the importance of not just reading this book with our minds. So mm -hmm. not just reading the Bible with our minds so that we gain a ton of information, but 
reading it with our hearts mm -hmm. and being able to do both. We need to know the information, but we also need to say, how is this changing me? Yeah. And her book's great. I just, it's a very simple mm -hmm. read. Again, it's, it's simple, like the how to, it looks simple, mm -hmm. like the, the <laughs> yep. book, it the bitterness small. book, but it's really much thicker and mm -hmm. um, has a lot of good things in it. Also, one of our readers shared a book that they think is fabulous. This book is called Stay Salt by Rebecca Manley Pippert. She said it's an excellent and encouraging book on evangelism. Now, before that scares you off from reading it, this book is completely accessible for any Christian, including stay-at-home moms like myself. She continues to write, through inspiring stories, the author details the means, the message, and the method of telling others the good news about Jesus. The author includes questions for reflection after each chapter. I once heard a renowned Bible teacher say he read at least one book on evangelism a year. If you feel motivated to take that challenge, this would be a great book for any Christian to read. I actually love that suggestion she gave. I think that is a good thing to do mm -hmm. because I tend to go to the same kind of books. Do you? Yep. Oh, yeah. I read, I mean, I like to read biographies, so I'm always looking for biographies. But reading a different kind of book mm -hmm. might spur us on, too, mm -hmm. in our walk and in what we're doing in our reading. Okay, one other one of our listeners shared a really amazing story regarding her book suggestion. And I, I think this is absolutely fabulous. So um, this is the book she recommended. is called Expository Apologetics by Vadi Bachman. I personally love to review that I actually went out and bought oh, wow. this book. Um, I thought this sounds like a really good book and it is actually really helpful. So let me first read you her thoughts and then I will tell you my thoughts okay. about this book, okay? She said, before Bachman, I struggled to make my faith my own. I frequently heard the phrase growing up, you know, to make my faith my own, mm -hmm. but I had not yet to experience its impact until recently. My cousin first introduced me to Vadi Bachman Jr. He listened to his sermons and suggested that I read his books. I was hesitant to take his suggestion because I never read books, but he convinced me to at least give them a chance. At the time, I was living in Wisconsin, and in my six months there, I realized that I was dependent on everyone but God. And it became clear that this lack of dependence was derived from my lack of a relationship. I wasn't a Christian. Sure, I knew what Christianity was. I had grown up in the church. I knew I should be a Christian, but I didn't know why or where to start. It was mere knowledge with no personal experience. Up to that point, I didn't have a need for Christ, or so I thought. It was hard to know why you need a Savior when you do not think you need saving. Mm -hmm. Loneliness and betrayal opened my eyes. Hard conversations and a challenge to read the Gospels gave me an understanding that the dependence I was seeking from the world could be given to me by a perfect Savior. That new understanding left me wondering what else I could learn if I kept reading and asking questions. I felt like I was starting from ground zero. I didn't know what to believe or why I should believe it, but now I was determined to get answers. And I'll, I'll make a side note. This is a law student, okay. which I think is interesting that mm -hmm. this is the book that changed her heart. Yeah. Um, okay, so she continues. I was first drawn to Vadi's expository style. He was the first person that asked and answered the questions that I had in mind. After reading the book, my cousin suggested I ordered expository apologetics, answering objections with the power of the word. This book not only taught me the definition of expository apologetics, but explained the importance of knowing what I believe and why. For the first time, I felt like I could contribute to conversations where truth was disputed. Vadi also gives you scripture references that support expository apologetics and explains how to use expository apologetics as an example in a specific conversation is helpful. 
but I had more than one, just one question, realizing that I could use this method on my own to answer every question. Body also gives you scripture references that support expository apologetics and leads you through scenarios that will help you apply the principles. Having someone thoroughly explain how to use expository apologetics with an example of a specific conversation is so helpful. But I had more than just one question, so realizing that I could use this method on my own to answer every question I had while reading my Bible was actually the greatest blessing from this book. The book helped solidify my desire to not only know what I believe, but also to believe it so that I can communicate my newfound knowledge effectively. Okay, so Jackie, uh, wow. This is a book, like, it doesn't sound like it would be a book that would change someone's heart, okay? <laughs> yeah, it could be an intimidating yeah. title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be, like, The Hiding Place, yeah, I could see mm-hmm. someone, you mm-hmm. know, but not this. Mm-hmm. So, wow, praise God for that. So, I, I got this book because okay. I love books and Amazon and I are friends right, right now. Right. So, but there's a couple things that were really good for me. Now, I've been a believer since probably, I mean, I think I came alive in faith when I was 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. So, most of my life has been following God. But there were some things that taught me. I, I really never thought of a, apologetics for an average woman. Yeah. I thought that's for like the people who want to debate, right. who want to go have this big debate at a college mm-hmm. campus, or that's when you want to debate with your professor, right? Mm-hmm. But I realized in reading this book that we all are apologetics. We're all apologists. We are all apologists. We have to be apologists. We have to be ready to stand for what we believe. And I also realized that as a mom, wow, this was convicting, I already am an apologist Mm -hmm. because I have to teach my children why we believe what we believe. And to be very honest, I have not done the best job of that. But you know what? Now that I read the book, I can kind of rework it and Mm -hmm. do it differently and go at it differently. I mean, I've had tons of conversations with my kids, but this is an encouragement to me to go and have more conversations and to talk about those things. I also think it would be a great book for a student like the girl who wrote this for a college student Mm -hmm. on a worldly college campus or maybe even on a Christian campus because there's a lot there too. Or whether you are a worker somewhere and you're a clerk at a restaurant or you're, you know, you're a waitress, whatever, <laughs> you need this. And I think it's a really good one. And I love, I love the idea of remembering that we are all apologists. Yeah. It's really good. Okay, let's talk um, about one more section. We always need practical books, mm-hmm. things that help us. Now, a lot of the books we talked about already, they do help us in our everyday life, but there are some things that we need to talk about. And I know that I have a ton that I have read. This is what I go to. My go-to as a mom is books to help me be a better mom. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Bible's the number one. But um, so what are some books that you would recommend that are good and practical? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm still pretty new on the parenting journey, which is which is exciting to get to read some of these books really before the thick of yeah, motherhood hits and we're certainly in it now. But and trust me, you'll reread them again too. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. um, two books that really come to mind for me in parenting are Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger Plowman and Duties of Parents by JC mm. Ryle. So I found both of these parenting books from women in my life who I've seen exhibit biblical motherhood. So I know their children. I see fruit in their children. And that's the type of person you want to get a parenting book yeah. recommendation from, right? Absolutely. So Don't Make Me Count to Three is a very practical book about biblical discipline. What's the biblical basis for it? What is the heart behind it? Why do we do it? And what I found very helpful is how practically do we do this on a daily mm. basis? 
And then Duties of Parents was written in, I believe, the 1800s. Yeah. So although yeah. it's written in a very different style than Don't Make Me Count to Three, it's also very practical, encouraging, and helpful because Proverbs calls us to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So J.C. Yeah. Ryle lists different principles of how to train up your children in the way they should go. And I found it helpful to read this each year as my children grow and I find new treasures. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good idea to go back to those books because I forget things, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing you do too. Like, and I, I mean, I've been parenting a little longer than yeah. you, um, but in the process, it's easy to forget. And I've realized yeah. that even with my oldest kids. And now I've got some younger kids. I have to kind of refresh because I kind of forget. <laughs> or I become kind of lazy a little bit and think, mm-hmm. do I really need to do this? But then those books help yeah. me remember, yeah, I need to discipline my kids. Yes, I need to do these things. I actually have two books under the parenting that okay. I think are really good. One is um, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. I've heard that's really good. It is very good. It, it really is helpful. And then the second book that he wrote, so that's like elementary age. Okay. Because it's, it's talking about how you work with your kids because we can be really good disciplinarians and, you know, be really rigid. But if you do not have a good relationship with your kids and have a hold of their heart, then it will, it will just be rules and it will be legalism. Mm-hmm. And so he talks a lot about that. And then Instructing a Child's Heart takes you another level up. I would say that's okay. like a teen kind of a book that, um, on how to deal with that. Now, I'm not saying that you couldn't use the principles in these books I would recommend that every mom read them wherever you are because they are good books. Um, But I think they're good. I I love your idea of just reading them again. And I I pulled them off as I was talking, getting ready for this Mm -hmm. podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about this. Looking at what I underlined at one point. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. So You just need a um, highlighter pack of colors. And then you change the color each time you read it. That's right. I love it. Okay, this is when my children are little. It's going to be yellow. And now they're (laughs) elementary. So it's pink. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. One other thing that I think, a practical book that's been very helpful to me that isn't really related to parenting in the same way as disciplining. It's a series of books by a woman named Jody Burns. Her books are all about praying scriptures for your children or your teen. She has one praying for your teen son, praying scriptures for your teen daughter, praying scriptures for your children. And they have been very helpful to me because as I have been often praying for my kids or just lacking knowing what to do, you know, mm-hmm. every, every new season for my children means new parenting for me. And I'm like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this, you know. And so they're good because she has good suggestions in there to pray for different things. For example, she will pray, maybe your, your child is struggling with friendships or physical health and safety, or maybe they're in a difficult situation emotionally and they're struggling with depression. She has scripture and then she has prayers she's written, but also scripture where she'll remove parts of the scripture to put your child's name in it, Mm. which is helpful if you're praying Mm. specifically for a child. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't change scripture. It's just adding their name in. Anyway, and I I just think they're very, very helpful Mm. to me. Okay, so um, Jackie, so now we've talked a lot about parenting, and that is really practical. We, we yeah. do need that, but there's other things we need that are practical. Right, so right. So what else yeah. you got? Yeah, another book, a couple of books that I have that are for women in general, so women of really any age, stage of life. Uh, two books, they have long titles, but Becoming a Woman of mm. Discretion and another book called Biblical Portrait of Womanhood, and both of those are by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth. And they're very short. They're actually pamphlets, yeah. less than books. They're, they're really pamphlets. And so she has a series of these small pamphlets on womanhood. And I love them. You can read them, another one, that you can read 
you can technically read it in a sitting, but really to digest it, it's going to take take a while. They're short and practical and to the point, which I also like, no wasted yeah. words. Yeah. And Becoming a Woman of Discretion talks about biblical discernment, while Biblical Portrait of Womanhood speaks into what it looks like to live as a godly woman in a culture that really hates biblical womanhood. Yeah, and we need those kind of books yeah. because we are bombarded with that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can just go to the grocery store and be bombarded right. in the aisle when you look at the magazines. Like, yeah. Like, what's really most important here, mm -hmm. you know? So that's good. All right, you have another fun book that you shared with me ahead of time. And so I think this is a good book. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it. Wouldn't have been one I would have ever thought, let's talk about this. But I actually read through your little your little beginning as you shared it with me. And I thought, this is a good one. So Yeah, all right. So this one is a pretty specific niche. But I wanted to mention it anyway because I it's a book I've really enjoyed. It's yeah. called Labor with Hope by Gloria Furman. And this is a book that offers biblical and Christ-centered perspective on pregnancy and labor specifically, but also motherhood. Uh, so Ezekiel was born last April at the height of the initial pandemic. Oh. This was when hospitals were restricting all visitors. We weren't sure if and how the virus might affect newborns and babies oh, in the man. womb. And our hospital was even having a pain medication shortage. So oh, wow. to say it was a daily fight to battle anxiety in my last few weeks of pregnancy mm. and this book helped me get outside of thinking about myself so much uh, that mm -hmm. labor and delivery uh, aren't really about me. They're about God and they're about huh. uh, this precious life he's given me. And uh, God used this book to remind me of the glory of carrying life and the beauty of labor and delivery. And yes, it's painful, uh, but yeah. bringing forth new life is painful. Christ died a painful death on the cross to give us new life. And when we come to know Christ, we must die to our old sins and desires as we live the new life yeah. he's given us. And that's painful too. So even if you aren't pregnant, I think this book would be a great gift for a baby shower or a gift to any expecting mamas in your life. Wow, you know what's crazy is it's amazing to me that someone took the time to write this book. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, I just like, wow, yeah. I needed this book like, you know, yeah. 22 years ago. That mm -hmm. would have been helpful. But, and it's cool that God brought it to you. His mercy was good to you that during mm -hmm. that difficult time for all of us, but especially for you, mm -hmm. he brought you something that was an encouragement. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about children and books yeah. with children. Um, many of you know, after listening to this, I have six kids. Um, they're not, most of them are not children anymore, but I do have a couple little ones still. Well, they're not really little. My youngest <laughs> is nine, almost 10, okay? Mm -hmm. But um, I've had a lot of books over the years. I could, you could, I could talk children's books for hours. Mm. I also have a degree in elementary ed, so I really could talk children's <laughs> books for hours. But a few that I thought I would mention here, um, one of them is Youth with a Mission is an organization that promotes Christian heroes like missionaries or Christians who have stood up for God. And I, when my kids were little, here I am biography girl again, I wanted my kids to read about these people because I felt like that is who I want their heroes to be. I didn't want them to be Spider-Man. I didn't want them to be, you know, some basketball player. I wanted them to be real people. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that if your kid like Spider-Man, that's bad. Or that if you like to watch basketball and you have a favorite team, that's bad. I'm just saying, I wanted them to see that we as people need to be bold for God. Mm -hmm. So there's a series they have and they're called Heroes for Young Readers. And there's about 25, 30 short books. You can get an audio to go with them. I personally had CDs because that's what my era was, <laughs> but I'm sure you can get a digital download somewhere for these. They're set in rhyme. They're super enjoyable. I have a couple of my kids remember them fondly because they listened to them before they went to bed. And um, they were great. They were about Jim Elliott. I mean, I, I read a lot about Elizabeth Elliott, but Jim mm -hmm. Elliott, Nate Saint, Saint, Nate Saint, Hudson Taylor, 
Lottie Moon, Amy Carmichael. I mean, there are tons of them, and they're all people who served God. Okay, so those are some of my favorites, but what about you? See, you're in a different spot in mm -hmm. the parenting journey, so tell us a little bit about books that you love. Right, so my oldest is only two and a half, so I'm still pretty new in the area of children's books, but I can tell you what books I've enjoyed for baby and toddler age. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, so first, and you know this, Julie, but it's so important to begin reading the actual Bible to our little yeah. ones, even at the earliest age. I mean, it's never too early to start reading the Bible to them, and it'll teach them that you value the Word and that reading is important. Yeah. And also very importantly, it helps me to develop a routine of daily time in the Word together. And I'm always amazed by how much even my toddler can remember from our time in the Bible. So I'm sure there are a lot of great children's Bibles out there, uh, but we actually choose for Bible time to be out of the actual Bible. And nice. it's been sweet to see really cool fruit from that. Yeah. Um, but for babies and toddlers, I've really enjoyed the Baby Believer Board Book series. There's a lot of bees in that. Yeah, talk about alliteration. <laughs> Some alliteration Woo! there. So it's a series of board book primers and Board books being books with really thick, two-proof, drool-proof, yeah. proof pages. <laughs> and primers are books that teach little ones primary concepts. So shapes, numbers, colors, things like that. So these board books are primers teaching things about animals, opposites, emotions, and numbers, but through a biblical lens. So yeah. they aren't retelling Bible stories. They're teaching things like... There, we have one about numbers. So one, there's one God. And for number three, there are three persons in the Trinity. Nice. Four, four Gospels. Uh, or another one that teaches opposites, that God made light and he made dark. Oh, so they're love fun. It. And even Ezekiel enjoys them because of the bright pictures and the contrast. And he can chew on the pages without destroying them. That's awesome because those can be, you know, when our children are little, they're like a sponge. Yeah. So they're just like sucking in all this stuff. Yeah. They have no idea what the Trinity is. Yeah. I mean, there's adults right. who are not really sure on that one either. Yeah. But the, the big picture is then mm -hmm. they can have that information, yeah. that piece of knowledge or truth in their head. And then when mm -hmm. it needs to come out and understand it, God will reveal mm -hmm. it. So that's awesome. I love that. Okay. So Jackie, I want to go off in a little different direction. Okay. We've talked about a lot of books and there are thousands, hundreds. When I look up Christian books on Amazon, I get like two zillion choices. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. So how do you figure out which authors you're going to read or which books are quality? And we know, you know, books are made by fallible people and right. God's word is infallible. It's not going to be wrong. So what are some tips to make sure that what we're reading glorifies God? Yeah, well, Julie, here's the reality. We have to be wise about what we read and allow into our hearts yeah. and minds. I mean, as Christians, we have to use discernment and go to the Word of God. We just don't have the luxury of being able to pick up any book off the Christian bestseller shelf and trust that it's true and biblical. We just don't. Yeah. So we have to use our minds and sound judgment and discernment and really think about what we are reading and if it aligns with what God's Word says. And there are many books out there that claim to be Christian books written by people who claim to be Christian authors that end up with like five million five-star reviews yes. on Amazon and land on the New York Times bestsellers list. But actually, they're not biblical often right. and frankly, just not true, full of false teaching about God and his word. And in fact, for me in general, I'd be pretty cautious of books that claim to be Christian, yet are very well received by yes, the masses. Yes, you are right. Yeah, because <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 7, right, the gate is small and the way is yep. narrow that leads to life, and there are a few who find it. So if a book claiming to be Christian is being widely praised by the secular world, I often have found that it's a book that's not actually Christian, and it's yep. promoting not the narrow way that leads to life, but the broad way that leads to destruction. And no matter how 
beautiful the photo and calligraphy on the front cover are, right. how aesthetic the journaling questions inside may be. We have to be wise women who can look past that, um, look past those facades and seek out books that are biblical and will build us up to yeah. be like Christ. Absolutely. I, I think that's really, really helpful to remember that just because something is claims to be Christian doesn't mean that what's in that book is actually biblical. I think for a long time I was just way too trusting and I just yeah. assumed and then I started to realize that even though that book seems to be Christian and they have such beautiful covers, Julie, they look yeah. so beautiful. Yep. Yep. Or smell show. good. They smell, yep. Yep. I totally know. And you start reading them and you realize, wait a minute, yep. this doesn't even, no. even talk about Jesus. No, not at all. Yeah. And we also have to remember that we serve a good God who's a good father and he gave us his word as our ultimate authority and absolute truth. I mean, I've seen a lot of books coming out, especially lately, because people have a lot of time to write right now, yeah. um, about a plethora of cultural topics. And so many Christians will pursue these books first instead of pursuing what God's word says yeah. about anxiety or race, depression, mm. obedience. Um, these books are not our authority and go-to on these topics the Bible yeah. is. That doesn't mean they aren't helpful. Of course, of course, they can be helpful. Right. And we have to be careful because it's super mm -hmm. easy um, this is even true with devotional books. Yeah. Like in, in, on Amazon, there's tons of devotional books. Yes. But the reality is what we need to be reading is God's word. Yeah. So if you, again, we go back to if you have to pick something, pick the mm -hmm. word of God to read as your main diet, right? Mm -hmm. And then if there's an extra book after you've cautiously prayed and thought, right. then do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, also it's to not be enamored or sucked into Christian books that claim to offer a new idea or concept, yes. which is really popular right now. Um, you know, the books that teach now that our society has advanced and we're smarter and no more, yeah. now we can understand what Paul meant about this. And right. We just can't. We have to go to the Word yep. and see what it says about the topic. Um, like the Athenians in Acts 17, our culture, even Christian culture, right, loves to spend our time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new, right? Yep. So yep. if it claims to be a new idea or have new insight into a biblical topic, be hesitant, be cautious, go do the word. Yep. That's the theme. Hold up everything you read to what the Bible says. Yeah, this is such, that's such good wisdom because it's, it's good for us to be reminded of this because it's so easy to go to the bookstore mm -hmm. and see the section said Christian or religious, which is yes. the other thing they're called. Yes. And that we have to be really cautious. In yeah. fact, I would not say go that route. Right. So I have a, a story to tell you yes. about my own personal life. So years and years ago, um, I was reading, I, this was not actually a book. I read an article on Facebook. Okay. It probably said like two minute read because oh. I had little kids. Yeah. But I read this article and I thought, this article is fabulous. It was about how we should welcome everyone into our church and we mm -hmm. should not look at what they look like on the outside and we should develop relationships and we shouldn't just want to be with the people that look good. And mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, this mm -hmm. sounds fabulous. And I didn't take any time to think anything beyond, but I reshared it. And a friend of mine um, call, sent me a message later on that evening and she said, do you know anything about the author of that article you mm -hmm. shared? And I said, no. And now I have to be honest, I was really, I had a lot of bristles right then because right. I was like, um, okay, excuse me, <laughs> what do you mean you're going to yeah. ask me a question like this? Right. <laughs> and so I went though, because I did want to do what was right. And I looked up this author and I was absolutely shocked to realize that this author was against virtually mm. everything the Bible stands for. Yikes. And she laid it all out on her website. Oh. And she was very social mm -hmm. focused. So she, of course, social programs want you to include everyone. And that was her premise. And I realized as I read back through the article, she actually never even 
referenced God or Jesus in the whole article. And so I just shared it to all my friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I immediately deleted it. Mm -hmm. And then a few people who commented, I sent notes to them and said, I didn't know about the author. And I'm sorry that I sent this. They responded beautifully. But I think it's really, we have to be careful and look not just at the book, but let's look at the author too. Usually authors have web pages now that you can go read what they believe and see, are they standing up for what we think? Are they believe what's their, what's their belief on, on topics that are important. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really important to do. Okay. So one more, one more question for you. Okay. Okay. So let's be real. Reading is really enjoyable Mm -hmm. and we all love to do it, but we have very minimal time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually takes time to read. And if you are a busy woman, which Jackie, you're a busy woman, and I bet our listeners are busy. Mm-hmm. We all have different types of busyness. We have to figure out how to do this. And then, so I wonder how you set goals to read. And do you have goals or plan to get like so many books done in a year? Or I'm going to only read this kind of book. I mean, how do you go about this? Yeah. So before I became a mom, I had this beautiful plan written out, right? Fiction, nonfiction, oh, yeah. Christian, classic, all of these books. And I would read so many books, a wide variety of books. Um, I tried to do two Christian books a month and one classic. Um, I had a, wow. that lovely plan in place and I was a reading machine and now not so much. So I have to be very purposeful and yeah. strategic in which books I read. With little ones, I know I'll only have time to read a few books a year and it's important to be okay with that. So yeah. I do my research and ask for a lot of recommendations from people because we just don't have time to read bad books. Like yes. what we were talking about. You yes. don't you have it sounds like a lot of work to use discernment to find these these books, but the reality is we just don't have time right. to waste on on bad books. So I'm looking for books that will build me up in my walk with the Lord. Um, that are more about God than about me and that Mm. are steeped in scripture. And if it's a particularly busy season of life, then I set my expectations well and realize I probably won't be reading many books or even Mm -hmm. a book. Uh, I've also, I've been working through Gates of Splendor as well for, (laughs) for a couple of months now. And, and that's okay. I'm almost halfway and I really enjoy it. I've also been reading Anna Karenina for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) I will someday make it through and I'm learning to be okay okay with with that. that and to set my expectations well to prioritize which book uh, prioritize reading the Bible first, and if I have more time, yep. then then to focus yeah. on one book. And if Anna Karenina gets finished in ten years, then it's great. And if right. not, you know what? That's okay. Right. <laughs> so right. set your expectations well. If it's a busy season of life, you have to prioritize your time in the Bible, and that mm-hmm. may mean setting aside other books for a little bit. But God promises His Word does not return void. So the investment then, you make into meditating on and knowing His Word is invaluable. Absolutely. I know that for me, one of the things I've done in the time period when I had little kids is. I spent a lot of time listening to books. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks were my friend, yeah. you know, because yep. I don't have time to sit down, but I got d- dishes to do and laundry yeah. to fold. And so to be able to listen to a book while I do that. Now, it's different. I know yeah. that. And you don't receive it the same. I can't underline. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. that's a big deal. No highlighters, <laughs> no highlighters if you're listening. <laughs> but it is a good way to listen to yeah. things. And many times on vacations with my family, we would put a audiobook that was really aimed towards my kids in, mm-hmm. like The Secret Garden. Okay. And my yeah. husband actually really liked yeah. it and said, we need to listen more yeah. to that. So until we finished the book as we were you know, going on a uh, vacation. So I think those are good. One of our listeners also said that they take a couple of different approaches. Uh, One thing they do is during Christmas break, they chart out the books they want to read that new year. And being able to have a plan. And then she said she sets a goal to just try to read one book per month and maybe several if 
you know, maybe if they're mm-hmm. little books, although mm-hmm. we found out little books sometimes pack a powerful punch, right? <laughs> um, and um, one book was a thick, challenging one, and I assigned myself, she said, several chapters per month. And I liked that too, breaking mm-hmm. down a big book rather than feeling like you have to read the systematic theology right. book in a month. Yep. You know, like, oh, okay, yes. you know, that one we're not going to read like a novel anyway. <laughs> but, um, and she also said that um, she'd reward herself sometimes with some kind of a light fiction, fun reading okay. in the summer because she's accomplished that. Mm-hmm. And as her life got busier, she um, said she's written read book for 15-minute segments on her to-do list, which oh, I like. That's great. Um, it seemed crazy to make an appointment to read, but... If I don't, she said she won't do it. And Mm -hmm. I I agree with that 100%. I think we have to have a purpose to read. And um, I think it's really easy to get seeped into the idea and the concept of entertainment and how Mm -hmm. easy it is to watch Netflix or to scroll through Facebook. But we could use that time wisely, Mm -hmm. build our brain, build our heart, and not only read God's word, which I do think is important, but also use some of that extra time for those things, which I think is great. Wowzers, that was so fun to talk about all those books to read. I guess I'm motivated to read now. I need another bookshelf now. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You probably do. Um, maybe a new house with another room. <laughs> a library. You're at a library. I love it. Um, I just want to go get my fuzzy socks and blanket my hot beverage and read and read and read. But I'm going to try to have a little plan. Yeah. We'll see. So... Um, okay. So I am so glad that you came on. I appreciate all your thoughts. I think you had just some really excellent ideas, some great books that we can go home and and grab and also some ideas for how to think about what to read and how to get it done. I think that's great. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Julie. It was really fun. Plus I could talk to you anyway, podcast or not, we could have a lot of conversation. (laughs) Would you do a minute, take a minute and pray for us? I would love to. Absolutely. Lord, thank you for this new year, and thank you for cozy January mornings and afternoons. We ask that this year would be refreshing and peaceful, Mm. and that we would stand firmly rooted in your word. Help us to meditate on your word, to take it in to our hearts. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us the ability to read and to listen to books. Thank you for giving us access to so many books and access to your word. Would this year of 2021 be a year of increasing not only in knowledge, but in application and mm-hmm. becoming more godly women Amen. after your heart. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you so much for coming on. You, I know you, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that this whole season, we're going to be talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a relationship we want yeah. to keep working on, yep. right? Yep. Is reading. Always. <laughs> definitely. And don't forget to listen next week as we jump into listening to the first part in a two-part series called Astonishing Friendships from one of our um, conferences that we have at Christ the Word called Regarding Him. And this was given in 2017. And these talks are going to kind of set the stage um, for a season of discussion about all these different kinds of people in our lives. So I think you're going you're gonna to really enjoy it, and I think it's going to be really beneficial to us as women. And remember, when everything around you is shaking, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time. Bye.